Welcome to the Diggernet podcast, the podcast about sharing insights and exploring topics that impact soldiers' work in the land domain. I'm your host, Curtis McGrath, a former combat engineer turned Paralympic gold medalist. Join me on this journey of insight and stories to enhance your professionalism. Let's jump in. Welcome to the very first episode and our uh, special guest, uh, Major Sam James, um, who is a army psychologist. And I think I should let you do the introduction because you probably know a little bit more about yourself than I do. And uh, although we have a bit of familiarity in our paddling sort of desires, but uh, it's nice to have you here and uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Curtis. Uh, I, I think your paddling's of a, a, a higher standard than me. Uh, I, I'm an army psychologist. I'm, I'm a reservist. I'm a busy one. Uh, I've done full-time and reserves, uh, but within my range, I, I do human factors and, and human performance uh, and mental health and fatigue management. And I've done that for about 13 years and uh, done some deployments uh, with Rotary Wing Group and, uh, and, and work with commanders and personnel. Uh, and, and I've never had a conversation about fatigue where I or the other people in the room aren't tired. Yeah, well, the, um, everyone's trying to just hang on for dear life and... Uh, it's nice to have this discussion about what is fatigue, how it affects us, and, and how does it affect our, our team, our individual, but also the military in general. So, but as we get started, like I think we need to define what fatigue is. What is it? Um, look, I think a lot of uh, it's it's being mentally and physically stuffed, really, um, and, and varying levels of that. I mean, a lot of personnel would use an F word, I, th- I think, to describe it, which is which is fair enough. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's sort of three or four things. I mean, you're using too much of your brain or your body, uh, you're not getting enough sleep, uh, or your body clock is messed up. Those, those three things really come down to it. Uh, and we get tired from, from doing physical activity that's too much or, or mental fatigue when we're, uh, we're using our brain too much in our work and, and our different, different military jobs. Um, and both of those sorts of fatigue can affect performance and motivation and satisfaction, which is something uh, that, that's really important at the moment. So the more we understand it as individuals and the more as leaders that we understand it, we can actually do something about it. And when, when fatigue starts setting in, obviously the main feeling is that we want to you know, have a sleep or we want to have a rest. But what is actually happening inside our brain, our body, even like, you know, our heart rate, all that sort of thing, you know, are there other factors within our you know, physiological sort of output that is changing? Yeah, and, and it's a very good question because um, there's a lot going on in our brain and our body. And, and some of the examples you gave there were, were like about how we're feeling uh, or, or about how we might, uh, might be acting. But, I mean, it, it really depends on how much sleep you've had, um, how much sleep you need, what your body clock is doing and your motivation. Uh, and I think as an athlete, you, you can you can recognise that as well. Um, we've all got a body clock inside our brain, uh, and that that controls when you feel sleepy, whether you, regardless of how much sleep you've had. Um, there's a whole bunch of chemicals that build up in our brain as soon as we're awake, uh, and uh, and that help us stay awake. Uh, and they build up when we're awake, and when we go to sleep, a lot of those drop away, um, or we can knock them on the head sometimes with with caffeine as well and every every person's got their mm. own individual amount so how does that play into you know the the process of doing a task individually for you know, your cognitive function because what what is the best amount of sleep but like how 
how much is a piece of string in a way or depending on what you've done the day before or you know your physical output during that session before what it, whatever it is like is there a gold standard or is there something that we have to moderate ourselves and this is this is the bit that that is hard for commanders and I, and I think um, senior NCOs junior NCOs those people are often putting together shift schedules and rosters mm. there's this individual variation um, but like most things we've got a rough set of principles most people need about six to eight hours you will get people who will say I need four hours of sleep a night and I'm fine. Um, I once had a sergeant say, I, I get five hours of sleep a night and I have a, th I have a thick black coffee right before I go to bed. Um, but, you know, we need that six or eight hours and we need generally dark rooms and we need generally cooler rooms. Um, and, you know, we need it over that 24-hour period. We generally know people can s surge in the military uh, for on five, this rough rule of thumb, five to six hours, seven hours a night sleep for about a month, about a month, and then we start to see bodies and, and motivation and satisfaction breaking, and that might check with what what you've seen on deployment as well. You know, pe people push, and then after a month, things get pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, and it's not just physical output too; it's it's mental capacity and mm. cognitive function, like driving. You know, we all yep. see the these, I've got a funny story about the word fatigue. We're driving, doing the driver's course, yep. uh, the Land Rover before it was the, the G-Wagon. And the instructor said that his wife kept saying, you know, what, what is fatigue? Like, <laughs> couldn't understand that the word was fatigue anyway, um, yeah, on the side of the road, you know. And obviously driving is quite, you need to be cognitively aware of everything. You've got a yep. lot of things going on. You're moving at high pace and all that sort of thing. So with our brain, are we able to, stimulate you, you talked about caffeine before i yeah. think that's something we need to address because yeah, a absolutely. lot of people in the military are yeah, dressing yeah, yeah. uh drinking a lot of it yeah. or intaking a lot of it you talked about last night at dinner we spoke about uh, caffeine gum um you know all these different little things that are coming out of the woodwork now and you know we can take things to alleviate that but there's there's definitely a a line that you can cross to too much as well absolutely absolutely it <clears throat> it comes back to um, your understanding of how much sleep you need, mm. and and it's a it's 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 a comment that we ask um, everyone every day. You know, your answer this morning was, "Oh, I had how'd you go last night? Didn't sleep that well, Sam." You know, it, it's a very it's a very normal thing for us to discuss. So, having an understanding of your own sleep is really important. In command, having an understanding generally of how much sleep you want your people to get and the opportunities that are available within the mission. Um, and then having that understanding of how it affects the tasks, how it affects the tasks. So whether you're, you're a combat engineer, um, whether you're uh, a psych, whether you're infantry, whether you're armour, there, there's certain tasks that are going to be affected more or less. Um, and, and I think we all see that. Sometimes people get emotional, they get irritable. Um, the ones we really worry about, which I think are a bit hidden, is people's analysis goes the front part of their brain, their, their executive functioning, their analysis goes, their, their threat assessment, your situational awareness, um, you know, your, your, your memory and your communication, these are the big ones in the military that, that we see affected by sleep. And I think as an as a individual and a commander, if you, if you can step back and go, what am I doing and how could my fatigue and sleep loss affect this, then you can have the conversation with yourself and your mates and your peers and go, 
this is affecting our performance and it's affecting the mission. Mm. Oh, and, I, and my well-being and my life at home as well. Yeah, well, it's you know, a complete package, really. It's the yeah, complete yeah. package. Yeah, yeah. I, my, my, say my day job now is, is a, an elite paddler and I do a lot of repetitive physical activity of the same exercise. Yep. And I find over a week, if I'm doing very, very similar sessions, sprint sessions and high speed, high power, all that sort of stuff, um, I find by the end of it, I'm not able to do the task or the, the the performance in which I was able to do even at the beginning of the week, even though I feel like I've had enough sleep. It's it's like uh, your brain has only enough energy to yep. produce the same performance over and over again, even though you're very proficient at that. And can you explain a little bit like what's why that is happening to yeah. the body? Why why after a, a heavy week of, of physical activity um, of a repetitive of task a, of though, a repetitive yeah. task and a repetitive nature. I mean on, on the physical side, you're 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 working those over and over. They're going to be more physically fatigued. Um, mental fatigue in 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 that context could be around stress, um, performance. You know, as, as you know, I, I, uh, you know you, you, your own standards around performance as well, um, and and also these are where those other factors come in around motivation, uh, your satisfaction, uh, you know, your own mental health. But in general, um, we generally see that that you, you can differentiate between physical fatigue in that case. You could take a person who's done that and you go, look, I'm you know, mentally I'm in the right space, I'm just physically stuffed at the end of the week. Yeah, right. that, that sort of leads into like why it matters because fatigue is obviously affecting yeah. the body and affecting our, our performance, whether that's, you know, doing doing your section tack or, or driving or, or, or writing up orders and things like that. So how, effect, uh, how fatigue affects us in the Defence Force as, as soldiers, sailors and airmen, what, what, what does that... Why is it important to us as, as defence personnel? What's, what's the so what? Yeah. We need to be concentrating on what we're doing so we don't have UDs. We have less UDs. We have less NDs. That we don't break SOPs. Um, that we, you know, that we have good threat assessment, good threat awareness and good situational awareness that we can respond decisively and quickly, uh, you know, to, to a changing enemy, you know, posture. Um, we need all those things in the military and we need to be on our game and sleeping well and, and managing fatigue. And um, we, as commanders, leaders, people, we, we, we need to be aware that people's job satisfaction and their attention is affected. Sam, as a, as a new commander coming into a role or as like a, an OC or even a platoon commander or, or even, even higher up, you know, there, there's many, many positions to fill in, in command structure. As you come in, you have this idea and this ambition about what you want to leave as a legacy of your own command time. Do you think it's really important to understand what the unit has been doing before you get there? Absolutely. Uh, and and you're, you're touching there on a, on a narrative that's uh, really common, spoken about a lot, but is one of the ones not spoken about. Uh, oh, it's hard. Fatigue it's really hard to bring these things up. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it it's so common whether you whatever core or trade you go through, um, the new commander comes in. Uh, they're going to be on a two year posting. 
uh, and they come in, they're pretty fresh, they're pretty motivated, uh, they've got drive, they, they've got a bit of a spotlight on them, uh, they want to get off on the right foot with the CO and the chain of command, and they hit the ground running. Um, and maybe they've even been given an intent to really hit the ground running. Uh, and they come in and they may have a workforce, particularly in the last few years, coming out of COVID, pandemic, uh, and, and big changes to our working lives. They may have a workforce that is stuffed or, or, or is maybe on the edge or maybe fine, but they don't know either way. Uh, and, and you then can get a, a very clear mismatch straight away. Um, between the new OC coming in uh, or or the new commander coming in and a workforce that, to use our words before, might be mentally exhausted, they might be physically exhausted, um, they might be uh, lacking motivation, lacking job satisfaction and there may be retention issues and they may be thinking of leaving. Uh, That's the sort of thing I think you're talking about there, Mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How does a commander understand the capacity of the unit in which they're, or, or the, the soldiers in which they're commanding at the time? It goes back to what, what does good leadership um, look like in that situation? It looks like engagement, command, uh, engagement, uh, and analysis of your workforce, your, your, your mission capability. Um, talking to your personnel, talking to your junior NCOs and your senior NCOs who are linked in with your personnel, so getting the on-the-ground vibe. There may be um, organisational surveys uh, run that, that are available with data on fatigue levels and mental health, uh, and you may be able to, to reach into to either um, psychology functions or other functions to help you understand that. I've certainly had commanders come in and say, um, I'd like to get a read of my workforce. I can't make sense of this data. I'm, I'm hearing some noises. Um, can you help me? Um, so getting that information. Now, as a commander, you may still decide that uh, the intent you've been given uh, and, and that you've got to run with is still to push. Um, and we are an organisation of push in, at, in many stages. But it will let you make other leadership and culture adjustments around the edges that 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 is vital um situational awareness of your workforce to understand what to do and i've seen commanders um come in with a with a with a strong intent uh literally writing their their command directives uh for the unit um and then on on receipt of information that you know a, a percentage or a proportion of their workforce is doing it tough have adjusted that um and then used that and built empathy, rapport, respect with the workforce. It, it makes a huge difference. It's hard, It's more work, mm. but it pays off in the long run. And, and, and in, a, in an environment where, where, where retention is important, that is critical. I remember my time on operation. Um, we had a bit of a, about two weeks where it was like a handover takeover. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there could be an opportunity for commanders to do a handover takeover from the person they're replacing? I know, obviously, the posting structure and how that works, somewhat unrealistic, but I think there would be a lot to learn from taking the cards off someone else that you're replacing to understand what, what, what's been going on. Yeah, and I mean, and HOTOs, I think, vary in quality and, and, and opportunity. Um, I've, I've seen hotos that are a card left on a desk saying, <laughs> hey, hey, mate, here's the things you need to consider. Give us a call. 
and make and, and sometimes posting cycles mean that. That's what leadership is, right? You you, you engage with your people, you work out how to motivate them, uh, and how to take them towards a goal, and um, and you know people also smell BS. Okay, I'm I'm a big believer in authentic leadership. Uh, and diggers can smell BS. You're very <laughs> good at it. Very, very yeah. well. Yeah. And, 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 and authentic leadership is so important. So if you're going to do it, do it authentically, do it well. We spoke a little bit about nutrition, hydration. We've touched on caffeine a little bit. At the start, we talked about that caffeine gum, whatever that is. Um, I think it's important because I think Australia has a really big coffee culture and you know, we've got iced coffees and all the servos and, and Nespresso machines in every jack room. It's it, Coffee and caffeine is everywhere. And I think when and why is how and how to apply caffeine is, is a really important thing to help manage fatigue. And can you enlighten us a little bit on, on where you think it's appropriate? Uh, for some people, it's not even a word of appropriate. It's I, I have to have it. Um, so, so we... Trying to keep it simple. Caffeine is highly addictive, highly addictive. If, if we're used to having it and we don't have it, we get withdrawal symptoms. We get headaches. We can get irritable. We can get cranky. I tried to lower my coffee a couple of weeks ago. My, my twin daughters weren't very happy with who I was. Um, and, and I think many people can identify with that. That said, it also has a lot of benefits uh, in, in improving our alertness. Um, and there's, there's a lot of antioxidant health benefits, I believe, that are coming through with it as well. Now, when do we use it? Um, I generally suggest, and, and there's a lot of people who won't like this, but, but delaying your coffee where you can until 10 or 11 in the morning because that's when your circadian rhythm has, has properly and naturally, as I understand it, started to come up to its, its normal level. Varies between people. Varies between people. Um, but for some people, that's... You know that, that that's impossible. just not. It's impossible. <laughs> you know, it's impossible. I have to get out, and and it's always interesting to ask people to think about their relationship with coffee. Like, are you having it because you have to have it because you'll feel like crap, or you, are you having it because you enjoy it? And it's a, it's it, it's a very interesting question for a lot of people. But in general, try and get natural light in your eyes in the morning, then have your coffee. Um, if you're having it through the night, try to. Um, tried to not have it a couple of hours before bed, particularly important for shift workers who might be using it through the night, um, and using it before physical performance. As you know, there's, there's a number of supplements around. We have to be careful with those supplements, but certainly um, caffeine can, can improve alertness and improve performance before, before activities. Um, it's a good – it's a drug. It's a drug of addiction. It's a good one generally. Um, for a certain purpose. For a certain obviously. purpose. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm all, always, I always sort of counsel um, caution around smashing Red Bulls all through the day. Yeah, don't mix that with no dose. Or no, no. no dose or any of those, those kind of things. I think knowing what it is, how to identify it, is probably the yep. most important part of what we're trying to touch on here. Yep. Because without that understanding of, of what and why, how it affects us is going to be unique in every approach because there's so many dynamic things but at the same time I think you spoke on it before having that motivation that satisfaction remembering that generally there's an enemy for us and we're trying to beat them and 
having that motivation of the win is, I think, doesn't get ingrained enough. It's more about this is a burden, this is a task, this is a challenge, yep. but the goal isn't appreciated enough. And I think that needs to be a little bit more emphasized. And, and how are we trying to bring that motivation? Is there any sort of science around the bringing the goal to the front of mind for the, for the people that are doing the task from a commander's point of view? So yeah, them laying out what we can achieve. Obviously, you don't want to die. That would be a bad day. Um, but you know what I mean, sort of yeah, yeah, abso motivation. Absolutely. So what, you, what you're touching on there is, is, is how do we get, how do we motivate and get the most out of our people when they're going to be doing often highly fatiguing, demanding roles? Um, and how do we get, set that culture that culture and that 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 leadership style and that leadership space for them to do that, um, and 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 you you're spot on. It, it's got to be well. How meaningful is that goal? How rewarding is it? Uh, how much variety is there in the task? Um, how much feedback are, are people getting on what they're doing and the importance of it? These fundamentals have never changed. They they haven't changed since you know Roman soldiers were were running around. Um, and centurions were, were trying to motivate their people. Um, and we know that as people get fatigued, their motivation can drop away. So if those things are, uh, are held strong, then that's how you, you're, you're likely to get the most out of your people um, when things are getting tough. And, and also giving, sh showing them... I, I, I've seen plenty of diggers, soldiers, officers... Um, have a lot of admiration and respect for the commanders that provide that buffer and that protection for them when they are working hard, and and around around when the risks, the the, the risks need to be communicated upwards. Well. Yeah, and that's great little segue into the next question because I've got a little story about my time on the patrol that I got mm. injured on. Um, we had a patrol commander that was very approachable, very understanding could see that the combat engineers, uh, the, the searchers were working incredibly hard under some really tough conditions and identified that, had great communication with my brick commander, Laveau, and understood that the engineers needed a bit more time to, to recover from, you know, 14 hour days, you know, working about two and a half thousand meters above sea level, it's 45 degrees, you're carrying 20 kilos with a kit, searching, could be a bomb there, don't know, could get shot, don't know, you know, all these, all these factors that play into that cognitive function and the, uh, the commander was like, all right, these boys need to sleep overnight. The infantry who are sucking Gatorade and aircon in the back of the Bushmasters can get out and do the, the pickets at night, which is good on them, um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> saved, saved us uh, a bit of sleepless night. But, you know, we slept very soundly knowing that our patrol commander was looking after us. And on that note, like, obviously the commander has a lot of a lot of sway and influence on yep. on the outcome and the level of fatigue but more more communication i think is is really required and understanding that that flow of communication that culture of communication needs to be you know brought up more it needs to, to be developed absolutely and 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 your example is a great one because it when i hear that story um and when i read about it as well in your book it it struck me that um that you know your commander Tony, um, he he had an understanding of the role, he had an understanding of the risks, 
that that were were there, and he he I I I could see in here that that it was a demanding task. It was a monitoring task, and we know humans are really bad at monitoring tasks when they're tired, especially after about twenty or thirty minutes. I don't know if that's your experience, but after twenty or thirty minutes, people start to drop away. Um, and he'd set a culture where you and Livo could talk and discuss. Um, there was mutual respect, mutual trust, uh, and and an understanding of what the impacts were going to be. Now, he might not have been successful in that request going up. Uh, and I think you point out some other examples in your book where people aren't. <laughs> um, but it gave the case and the thinking and the discussion and the openness to talk about it and go, this this needs to happen. This is the mission risk. Um, and I could hear, I can hear the respect and admiration for 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 him and Livo for for doing that as well. Yeah, and, and like communication is just one factor of a strategy, and, and which lays into so many other parts. Mm. Is there any other like great strategies to a f- uh, that can manage fatigue itself for an individual, or and as a commander or, or a, a brick commander? Yeah. So so getting the op- the open culture, the open trust and, and leadership and communication getting those working hours and those rosters and those shift schedules, picket, picket schedules, where however you want to want to run it, um, and and it being as fair and equitable. It's a hard gig. I do get it. It's, it's a really hard gig to, Don't envy. to, to, to work that. Um, um, but then, you know, giving people that space for rest and recovery, and then when you've got that as an individual, you, you're taking that. Um, you're resting... It, it sounds like motherhood statements, you know, but, but it's similar, I, I, I guess, in, in, in the sporting world too. You eat well when you can, you sleep well when you can, you rest when you can. Um, I think that, that you know, it, it probably also leads into, into how you set up your sleeping arrangements. There's mm. a reason we have blackout rooms at AMAB and in certain parts of, um, uh, um, certain parts of ops. Um, I, know, I certainly know commanders who, based on on our advice in aviation, went and set up blackout rooms in Kandahar to their personnel. These, these things actually make a huge difference. Um, you know, and, and I should say that if people are, gen- are having trouble getting to sleep and general sleep problems, then you can approach, you can go through your health system, you can approach your MO and you can approach your psych about that. Um, get as much sleep, as much time in bed as you can. Um, Keep light out of your eyes late at night. If you're going to have light light on, on, on your eyes, use a filter on your phone. Um, have a good bedtime routine going into it. Harder when you're outfield, again. But there's, there, these are all the principles for getting the best out of your body and your brain. Would, would you think um, routine has a bit to play in, in that sort of strategy as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, I often like to say we're, we're like dogs when it comes to sleep. Um, um, your dog didn't sleep last night, I hear. Well, he sleeps a lot during the day as well. I wish I had that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, yeah, yeah, routine is really important. Um, a- and you know, having those habits, as I said, for one sergeant, it was I have a <laughs> I have a black coffee, and that's the physiological trigger for my body to go to bed. Um, for many others, it's well, the, I'll dim the lights. Um, set the mood for myself no but um uh, dim the lights uh and have low lighting around the house as i'm going to going to bed um there might be a podcast i listen to there might be there might be a book that i read a particular sort of book um it might be a herbal tea that i have um 
I might have my bed ready. Um, you know, the, 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 there's these habits and routines and it's, it's a, we see it in animals and we see it in our dogs as well. They know when it's time for bed and they trot themselves off the bed and, and we can do the same. Yeah, I, I've, I've read a book called Atomic Habits and forgive me, I can't remember the, um, the, the author's name. Um, he s- talks about setting the environment to create habits that are ingrained forever. And I think what you're talking about is bang on that, just having that environment set for you to perform it, which is sleeping because that's part of it. It's, it's rest is a habit and sleep mm. is a habit. And we can have those habits in, in the three main environments we have, like, you know, or three or four. We have a home environment. As personnel, we have a home environment for sleep. We may have a barracks environment. Um, we may have an X environment and then we may have a deployed environment. Now, I, I recognise each of those, it gets harder. <laughs> um, but I've also seen plenty of soldiers and diggers outfield under hoochies going through their routine. You know, they have their routine, getting their bodies in and ready, maybe for the three hours sleep that they're only going to be able to get. Yeah. Um, um, but they've got it and they've got the eye masks and, and they, they gonk when they can and get as much as they can. I had very envious position of being the 2IC, so I had to monitor the, the, the guys in the back of the Bushmaster and as soon as the door closed and the vehicle started, the rest of my squad was asleep. So I was, uh, just envied that. I couldn't sleep in the, in the, in the vehicles, but um, take it when you can get it is uh, often, it's often what happens on operation or in exercise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because you, know, you don't know when your next chance is, is going to be. Um, and... And, you know, that ops change and, and the situation can change. And, and I think, again, I've seen the personnel that um, perform best are those that, that take those opportunities as well. Um, I, one of the other things that, that sort of comes up and is there's often a lot of questions around caffeine. I know you've mentioned that a couple of times. But how you manage your caffeine um, is, is actually really important for your sleep as well. There's certainly things that can – caffeine use that can affect your sleep and there's caffeine use that you can use to help your performance as well yeah like nutrition obviously plays a big part and and you know being ha- having energy yep. having the right you know s- cycle and and you know going to the toilet all that sort of thing it's all it's all part of it but hydration plays a big part in in my life and having the right hydration is, is all, always key obviously you're working in a hot environment you're going to drink a bit more yep. or uh humid whatever but it could be cold as well and hydration often gets a little bit put aside when it's cooler yeah but that's still an important part of your performance, especially brain function and everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a, we're a neuroelectric organism, mm. you know, um, we're lots of little zappy things running around and we got to be well hydrated. There's some, some good guidance around, um, eating during night shifts. We, we have a lot of, again, this conversation covers a lot of different personnel. We have personnel at jock and, and in all sorts of other roles doing, doing night shift, um, personnel everywhere doing night shift. And, and there's certainly some good guidance around when you eat on a night shift and the sort of material, sort of food you should eat, you know, um, lower carbohydrate, you know. Smashing a bag of snakes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It actually does, yeah. does make a difference what you eat in the middle of the night to help you sleep. And unsurprisingly, it's, it's you know, don't put a, a massive food loading on your body at two in the morning when your body is normally saying, I really want to be asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's. Or there's so many factors in which we can change and manipulate, but ultimately it comes down to the operational tempo, the environment, yep. the conditions in which we're working, the tasks and the enemy enemy threat as well. So it, there's so many things to consider 
as an individual, but as as a commander as well. And you know, we've touched on what fatigue is, why it's important, and and how we can manage that. And you know, your, your insight into all those sort of scientific point of views is 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 great. And I wish we could have a lot longer to to thread thrash that out a bit more. But um, thank you so much, uh, Sam, for for joining me and and sharing your wisdom and knowledge about uh, fatigue and what it is and why it's important. Thanks very much, Curtis. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, cheers.